Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message. It's just, man, it was, it was stressful. I did not, that was not a good day. 
Super late boxes ticked, late for deliveries, right? I just want to clock out and go home and go hide under my bed for a minute, you know? I was lost, I was embarrassed, I was mad, mad at myself, mad at nobody helping me. I, mean, I really felt helpless. And you know what? That's what it feels like sometimes when we're lost in life. Anybody ever been there before? Been lost in life and you're not sure what direction you're headed, or maybe the direction you're on is maybe not a, a good direction, or maybe you're struggling with all kinds of things. Maybe you find yourself lost and, and you're not feeling your purpose, you're not feeling your identity, you're not feeling yourself, you're not feeling the where you're at in life at that time, or even where, not sure where you're going. I don't know if you've ever felt lost before. What do we, what do, we do? What do we do in those moments? See, I, I hope I can help you with that this morning. I hope this brings you encouragement, but when you feel lost and alone, God knows exactly who you are and where you are. That we are never alone, that we're never too far gone, and God cannot help us through this morning. And I hope you find some, some encouragement, I hope you find some peace in this morning, because maybe you're in a lost season, a wilderness season, if you will. There, there was a time uh, when Moses was going through the wilderness. There's multiple times when actually Moses goes through the wilderness. But I want to look at that today as we continue this series we're in called Not Feeling It. And I want us to look at this wilderness season that Moses goes through. You remember Moses? Some of you maybe remember the movie Charles Heston, right? You maybe remember that. But, but that was Moses that he played, right? Ten Commandments. We know Moses was the Ten Commandments and part of the Red Sea. But, but there's this really whole cool story of, of how Moses is born and then how what he goes through in his life and what God does in that when we find him in a wilderness moment, struggling with his identity, who he was born to be, but who he actually grew up as, going through this moment, he, he leaves everything that he had grown up knowing, and, and, and you could say that he was lost, insecure, unsure, and all, all these different feelings that many of us feel when we go through those lost wilderness seasons of our own. But God often used wilderness moments to draw people to him. We don't always look at it like that. We always look at those moments as kind of terrifying sometimes and lonely and, and we feel lost. But, but God often uses those moments to draw us to Him and not just Him, but our purpose in Him. It's often His divine direction. So turn to Exodus chapter 2. We're going to start looking in uh, verse 11. As you're turning there, let me, because this is really cool, kind of how. I don't know if you ever look back on your life and you, in the moment, it was like, ah, oh, I didn't like that season, but I can see now where God was in the midst of all of that. So if you do a little bit of history, uh, you know, research and backtrack on this story, it's really cool to see how God kind of moved uh, in Moses and brought him to the place where he's at. So Moses and his family are in Egypt all because of something that happened previously, right? If you remember, uh, Abraham was given this promise by God. He did father of many nations. He had this covenant uh, with God. And, and God would, would, would use him to, to birth his people, right? And, and so we have Abraham who had his son, promised son, Isaac, right? And, and Isaac has Jacob. If you remember Jacob and Esau, Jacob uh, tricked him out of his birthright. And, and he wrestles with God and, 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 and changes and, and, and ends up having a man named Joseph, right? And Joseph had the coat of many colors that his father gave him. And, and then his brothers were jealous of him because he was having these dreams. And he's like, hey, I'm going to rule over you guys one day. And they're like, uh-uh-uh. And, 
and they, and they sell their brother Joseph into slavery. And long story short, he ends up, uh, God giving him favor, even through a crazy situation. Joseph ends up in the house of Potiphar. You remember that? He ends up in Potiphar's house, and, and Potiphar's wife is like, oh, man, Joseph, you kind of fine. Come here. Look at all that, right? And, and, and Joseth's like, no, back it up, temptress, you know? He's like, get, get behind me, you know? And, and Potiphar's wife is like, oh, that's messed up, and accuses him of doing something, you know, with her, and so he gets thrown into prison. And long story short, even, even with all the craziness in his life, he ends up in Pharaoh's sphere of influence and gets put ruler over over a lot of Egypt, right? And, and he has these dreams, and he helps through the uh, time of famine, and, and he comes up with this plan of, uh, of storing up grain. And, and, and long story short, his family ends up coming to Egypt. His family, Jacob, whose father was Isaac, whose father was Abraham, who had a covenant promise with God. You, you kind of see, you connect the dots one way. But this has now led the Israelites to be and inhabit Egypt. So they're here in Egypt, and they begin to grow in number. Now, at this point, Joseph's generation has died off. The new Pharaoh doesn't know Joseph. He doesn't know his story. He doesn't know uh, the, the, the backstory of Israel at this point. And, and he begins to get nervous because now the Israelites are growing in number. And they get nervous and they're like, what if they try to overthrow us? What are we going to do so they enslave the Israelite people? But they keep growing in numbers. So they say, well, we're going to have all the baby boys that are born. We're going to have them killed. Now, insert Moses' story. Moses is a baby boy whose mother said, no, not today. If you're not killing my son, she puts him in a basket, floats him down in the river, and Pharaoh's daughter ends up finding him, right? And so now he is raised, Moses is raised in not just Egypt, not just an Egyptian family, but the royal family, right? And he's raised up as a royal and honestly groomed to be the next ruler. Right? So this is, this is the upbringing, this is the background of Moses' life, and certainly I've paraphrased a lot of that. Go back and read it. It's really, really interesting how, how God has, has moved along the way. And we can, we can even go back in our life and see where God has, has moved in moments that didn't seem like it at the time. About 40 years into Moses' life, he begins to have compassion on these Israelite people that are, are being enslaved, literally tortured and abused, and, and he comes across this situation where there's an Egyptian that is uh, beating up on another Israelite, and, and something rises up in Moses, and he takes action, and he, he kills this Egyptian, right? The, the, the text, as it is written, suggests that maybe Moses has either come to a knowledge of some sort of his upbringing and and, and, and there's a reason why he's having that compassion on these people because he knows something is, is different. You know, I'm not, deep down, I'm not really Egyptian. Deep down, I, I associate with, with these people. Some, somewhere along the way, somebody may have told him his story and who he really is. And we find him having compassion on these people. So let, let's pick up here in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11. One day after Moses had grown up, he went out where his own people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian being a Hebrew, one of his own people. See, some, somewhere along the way, he, he's figured out what's happening. And looking this way and that way, seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and had him in the sand. And hid him in the sand. Excuse me. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. And he asked the one in the wrong, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? And the man said, 
Who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing us? As you killed the Egyptian, and Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. And when Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. So Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now, the priests of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water and filled uh, the troughs to water their father's flock. Some shepherds came along and drove them away, but Moses got up and came to their rescue and watered their flock. And when the girls returned to rule their father, he asked them, why have you returned so early? And they answered, an Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. And where is he, Ruel asked his daughters. Why did you leave him? Invite him to have something to eat. And Moses agreed to stay with the men and gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, saying, I have become a foreigner in a foreign land. And during that long period, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out, and their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. And God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Let's pray. Father, we love you. There's times in our life where maybe we can relate to Moses, where we're, we're lost, where we're not sure who we really are, what this life is all really about. But I'm thankful that you are the God that created us, that you didn't just create us by happenstance, but God, you created us for a plan and for a purpose. God, you created us to have relationships with you, to know who we are in you and nothing else. So, Father, today we find some comfort and some peace and some strength in that knowledge to know that we were uh, not just here by accident, God, that we are divinely designed and we have a divine purpose that comes from you. So help us in this season, maybe we're in the wilderness today, help us, God, to remember who we are in you and that you have a plan for our life. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So you got Moses now is... Is, is facing some pressure, right? He's facing some pressure. Uh, it, I, it seems that something is further than him, that there, there's something going on. I'm not sure who I really am right now. Now I've killed a man, and now now these people that, that who I really am a part of, they've rejected me, and, and now Pharaoh is trying to kill me, so the family I grew up in is rejecting me. Like, man, I'm lost. What do I do? And, and so he decides to, to run, right? Moses faces this pressure between who he was and who he was born to be. Now, pressure can be a great motivator, right? But it can also be a great hindrance. Pressure can make you, break you, or shake you. It just depends on how you respond and, and how you go through that. I, you know, diamonds go under extreme heat and pressure in the way that they're created. Ladies, you just thought it was bling bling on your ring finger, right? But they go through extreme pressure and heat, and, and, and this is how we come to, to know these uh, amazing, beautiful jewels that cost so much money. But there's these volcanic, uh, you know, eruptions and things that happen underground that, that are violent, and, and, and they form carbon atoms, and together with the perfect amount of heat and the perfect amount of pressure, it pushes up these diamonds that we get to enjoy. Well, some of us get to enjoy them. Christians may be tested with a similar amount of heat and pressure, and we may not understand the meaning of it until after the trial is over. 
The Lord sanctifies us. He makes us more like Jesus, even through pressure, even through sufferings, even through trials. Pressure, while it can make diamonds, it can also make dumb decisions. Pressure can make a divorce. Pressure can make you upside down on a loan for a car that you don't really need. Pressure can make you say or do something that you deeply regret later. Pressure, young people, can make you cheat on a test. Pressure can push you to have sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend. And some of you might be okay with that, but God is not because that's designed for marriage. Pressure can push us. But pressure can also be a good thing. Because it often points to something that needs attention in our lives. Moses felt this pressure. He felt this tension between who he was and who he was meant to be. He said he was having an identity crisis that needed to be addressed. And he responds, but maybe he responds too quickly without wisdom in this moment. Either way, a change needs to happen in his life. Because he can't stay. If he stays, he might get killed by Pharaoh. Who knows? Maybe even enslaved with the rest of his people. Either way, the change needs to happen. Go back to verse 13 of chapter 2. It says, the next day he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, why are you here, fellow Hebrew? The man said, who made you rule and judge over us? Are you, are you thinking of killing me as you killed that Egyptian? So, so he's facing rejection by his, his real people now, right? Then he learns in, in verse 15, uh, Pharaoh heard of this. He tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled, right? Now he's facing this. He's, he, he doesn't have any people. He's been rejected now uh, by both. And he needs to make a change. Either way, a change needs to happen. There may be some changes that you need to make to move where God wants you. Right? Moses goes on the run. And this wasn't kind of how he planned it, but, but, but he realized he had to leave Egypt. He had to leave his old way of life. He had to leave, leave his old way uh, of living. He was going to be killed. Like, 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 think about how he grew, he grew up and he had everything given to him at this point, right? He, he was served, but now he has to leave that old way of life. And not just because he's being pursued or rejected in that. This is necessary change for him to step into this next season that God is going to have for him. It, it's almost symbolic of repentance for us. If you're going to step into the things that God has... Were you in your life? We're going to need to make some changes. We're going to need to leave some things behind. You're going to need to leave your Egypt behind. Some changes that might need to happen to get to where God wants you to go. If he were to stay, he would have struggled with his identity and who he was supposed to be. Or worse, he could have been killed. Like, here's the deal. In your life, if you want to change, you're going to have to do some things differently. If you're struggling with an addiction, you want to quit that addiction, you're going to have to make some changes. You're going to figure out what triggers you, and you're going to have to leave that stuff behind. That's your agent. You need to leave it behind. If it's some passwords that need to be changed, if you don't need to have a computer in a room that's separate from the rest of the house, if it's going a certain place that brings up all those old memories, whatever it might be, you need to leave that stuff behind. Because it's causing you, it's causing you to be stuck and stay stuck in whatever that is. If you're wanting to make a change in your marriage and have a better marriage, you're going to have to make some changes. And I'm afraid some of you are going to hear, oh, you want me to leave Egypt, so my marriage is Egypt, so I need, no, 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 no. Don't do that. That's not what I said. 
We got it recorded. I'll take you back to the clip, all right? If you want a better marriage, you might need to make some changes in yourself. Quit being a jerk to your spouse. Quit being a nag. Learn your, your, your partner's love language. Like, work on it, right? Quit pointing that finger like it's you. Or not you, excuse me, it might be you. Learn to say I'm sorry. Or just talk at all. Like, say something, right? You want a, you want a better marriage, work on it. Make some changes. Make some changes in yourself. You want that job promotion? Don't think that's just going to fall in your lap. Work hard. Show up. Show up on time. Make some changes. You want to get closer to God? Guess what? I'm not even going to list any practical things for you. Just stop making excuses. You want a closer relationship with God. Moses Facing this pressure, he needs a change. And most like, man, I, I'm out of here. I cannot stay anymore. And some of you, you might be in a, in a season in your life where you need to look at your situation. You need to look what's going on. And you might be saying, you know, I can't stay in this anymore. To get to where God needs me to be, I need a change. There's a, a story of a man. He uh, had to catch a train to go to work the next morning. He had a business meeting. had to get there. He had to be on time. And, and being early is actually on time, right? So, so he's catching this train, this train leaves at 8.05, right? And so the next day he has got to leave the house on time. Rains overnight, the next morning, everything's real soggy, real wet, and, and he gets ready to go, and his little son is outside, and he's playing in mud. Just going to town in this mud. He's got it on his head, Carly. He's rubbing it on his face. He's got it all over his arms. This kid is having a good old time playing in this mud. Dad's got to get out of the house. He's got to catch that 805, Ted. And he jumps over his son. Bye, son. Love you. I got to go. And jumps over his son. He slips in the mud. But he's got to catch this train. He can't be that. He's got to be on time. This train's going to leave without him. He's got to be there at 805, right? So he gets up. Son's in the mud. Dad's in the mud. All this mud. In fact, he kind of just... Rushes himself off best he can. I, I got to go. I, I don't have time to go change. I got, I got to get this 805 train. I got somewhere to go today. So I'm, I'm just going to go. And then they'll have a bathroom on this train. I can clean up there. Right? And then, so so he, he, he gets going. Rushes himself off best he can. And he runs to go catch this train. There's two kinds of people. Some are playing in the mud. And they're not trying to go anywhere. There's some that are in the mud, and they don't want to be in the mud. And maybe today, maybe you've slipped in some mud in your life, or maybe you've walked right in it, not realizing you've got a train to catch. You've got a place to go. You've got a God to serve. You've got a life to live. You've got experiences to have. You've got whatever it is that God has in store for your life. You've got a place to go. Maybe you've decided... I've got that place to go and I can't be held back. I gotta leave this mud. I gotta repent. I gotta turn. I gotta, I gotta catch that train because man, I know God has got a way to clean me up. It's through Jesus, it's through the blood that He shed on that cross for you and for me, and that blood will transform your life. Sometimes we need to make a change. We need to get up out of the mud. Moses makes a change and he heads south to a place called Midian. And he meets a family there, right? Well, we read the story. He meets this family. There's these, these girls there. He helps serve them. And, and, and their girls uh, uh, go home and tell dad about this experience. And he's like, oh, like, you think this, he served you? Like, this is good. Like, bring him home, you know? Dad's trying to marry him off, right? 
But we don't realize, like, you do some study and some history. Like, this family is likely related to Abraham. Abraham had a covenant promise with God. Abraham, who had Isaac. Isaac, who had Jacob. Jacob, who had Joseph, who was the whole reason that Moses was in the land of Egypt. And here it is, Moses struggling with who he is. I don't believe it's a coincidence. I believe it's a divine intervention that he has landed in his family of his ancestors that he is struggling to know in his life. And he spends 40 years here in the, the wilderness. Spends 40 years here in this, this desert area, right? If you look at he's 40 years as an Egyptian, 40 years in the wilderness, he'll, he'll, he'll be 40 years with the Israelites, and I'm like, all right, God, I, I see you, okay, you're throwing this number out, right? Normally, I don't, I don't get into the, I'm not very stoned, so I'm not getting into all the, the numbers, but but this stuck out to me. I was like, all right, God, 40, what is that? It's testing. It's testing. It, it, it's testing. It's, it's preparation. This, this season that Moses is going to go through is going to prepare him for what's coming next. He, he, he had grown up being served his whole life. Now he would become a servant. He would become a shepherd, right? In this wilderness season where many of us find ourselves at times, we find ourselves lost and frustrated. In this season, Moses doesn't even realize he's being prepared for what God is about to do next. Right? And it's all happening here in the wilderness. It's a time period that we often don't want to go through. A time that we often want to escape. God is going to use to do some of his greatest work in Moses' life. So Moses is prepared for what God has next for him in the wilderness. Like he served in Egypt as a royal, now he would learn to be a servant, as a shepherd, shepherding over now a family and over a flock. Before he had everything given to him, now he's going to work for what he has. What he learned in this wilderness season would prepare him for what God had. Next, Moses is about to lead a whole people to the promised land, to this promised, this covenant thing that God had for his people. Not just that, but now he's going to help rescue those people out. He's going to be taking care of a whole community of people. So he spends 40 years taking care of a family and, and a flock. You might feel in whatever season you're in today that, that it's wasting time. It seems like it's going forever and you're not sure what's going on. But, but, but maybe you're, maybe it's not wasted time. Maybe it's working time. God is working in your life and he's working on you. And he's working on that calling. He's working on your heart and refining you. He's working you towards what he has next for you. Like the, the, this, this wilderness season might be a time of you building your testimony. This wilderness season might be a time of you building your faith and trusting God. Listen, we can't go into the greater things of God if we don't trust Him in other times in our life. Then this might be a season of stretching you and taking you out of comfort. It might be a season of refining your calling. What is God teaching you in your wilderness seasons? We often ask, why? Why, God? Why am I going through this? But maybe we need to ask, what? What, God? Am I learning in this season? What can I learn, God? What are you showing me, God? Stretch me. Like, we don't pray that. We don't pray God stretch me. We say, God bless me. God, stretch me. Show me, God. What, 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 what do I need to get out of this? What, what do I need to learn? Ultimately, the biggest thing we need to learn is God's presence. 
trusting in Him no matter what. But those seasons can be difficult. Because again, we can be struggling, we can be lost, we can be unsure. And those seasons can feel like forever, but the wilderness is a place of preparation, not permanence. It's not a forever season, but it's a necessary season for God to do His work in us. And I'm thankful for opportunities that God has given me and the path that He has led me on. I, I meet so many uh, students that come out of seminary or Bible college, and, and they want to just jump right in and jump right into it. And some of them can't. And some of them, God opens doors to be able to do that. But my journey wasn't that way. I, I, I started off as a worship pastor at a small church, and, and, and God really shaping me and growing me. I decided to go to college while I was already in ministry. And so I'm a volunteer worship pastor, and, and I'm in college, like, every Monday night, four hours, one Saturday a month, all day. Like, it was grueling. Then my wife and I, we, we started dating and, and got into youth ministry and, and planning. We, we started planning a wedding, so I'm going to school. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, working full-time, part-time worship pastor, part-time youth pastor. We're, we're, we're planning a wedding. There's just a lot going on at that time, and they've got to call us into full-time youth ministry, and now I'm lead pastor, and I believe it was those moments along the way that led us to this point, and I don't look at any of them as a stepping stone to the next season, I look at them as preparation for the next season, because while I was involved in other ministries, now I'm over all of these ministries at the same time, you see, in the wilderness season, yes, it's difficult, and yes, it's, it can be grueling and hard, but God does some of his greatest work in our lives in those wilderness seasons. What is God showing you? What is he doing in your life? Moses doesn't realize that God is leading him to the place where he can encounter him. But Moses had, look, look, Moses had to go to Midian. Moses had to go south to Midian because there was a treaty made with all the surrounding other areas to where uh, if there was a fugitive from Egypt going to these places, they could deal with it. So he had to, he, he had to go south the Midian, where he would meet this family who was linked to his family's lineage, right? And he would also encounter God on a particular mountain that's also, like, this is divine, God's divine direction. Like, I don't know if you see that. Maybe you're not seeing it in your own life. But God will lead us to a place where we can encounter him. Go to Exodus chapter 3. Starting in verse 1. Now, Moses was sending the flock. Jethro was following along the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from a, or within a bush. Moses saw that through the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I would go over and see the strange sight while the bush does not burn up. And when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said, take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground. And then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good, spacious land, the land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hittites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are pressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, 
out of Egypt. All this time, Moses is probably struggling with his identity, not sure who he is. He's been rejected. He's lost his identity. He's lost his way. He's lost everything that he has had. It's all led him to this point. And like I said, before, God often uses wilderness moments to draw people in. God gets Moses' attention and, and he calls out to him, right? This is meant that this is it may have been the only place and the only way that could have gotten Moses' attention. Moses grew up with, with everything. In Egypt, he had everything. But guess what? He didn't know who he really was. God will go into incredible lengths to get our undivided attention. God gets his attention. He draws Moses in. And Moses has this life-changing encounter with God. Because that's what happens when you encounter God. Well, I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I pray you experience it today. But an encounter with God can change everything. It can change your perspective. It can change uh, your, your future. It can change your relationships. It can change your life. And Moses, he may have not known his identity, but guess what God did? God created him. God created him, and God does this when he calls Moses by name. He says, Moses, Moses. Here, Moses was probably struggling with his identity, feeling lost, wasn't sure who he really was. And God says, Moses, Moses, he draws Moses in and he lets Moses know, you are not forgotten. Come on, Moses, you are, are not lost. You are right where you need to be. God lets him know, I have not forgotten my people. And I'm going to use you because I've got a plan. I'm going to use you, Moses, to carry out that plan and rescue my people. Maybe you find yourself unsure of what's going on in this season of life. Maybe you're unsure of who you are. Maybe you're unsure of your purpose. Purpose, but I, I came to tell somebody God sees you. God sees you. He sees where you are. He sees what's going on. He knows everything about you. He has a plan. He created you. He created you for His purpose. And just like Moses, He is calling you today. So get to a place where you can encounter Him. Get to a place where you can hear His voice calling out to you. Is that a church service like this? Is it a daily quiet time, a prayer time? Is it some kind of moment alone with, with God? Guess what? It could be any time, anywhere. We have got to learn to be aware of God's presence wherever that we are. Moses saw this burning bush and he's like, that's strange. It's not burning up. God got his attention. Fire is often associated with the presence and power of God, the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit get your attention today. God wants to speak to you. He wants to use you. And God calls to Moses. I, I've got a plan for you, Moses, to rescue my people. And I don't think it's by happenstance that it's Moses. Because Moses is, is the perfect go-between between Pharaoh and Egypt and God's people. He can relate to both worlds. Do you see that? He was raised Egyptian, but he was born an Israelite. He was born a Hebrew. So he can go between both. He understands Pharaoh. He understands Egypt. He understands the culture and the customs. He was born a Hebrew. He's the perfect mediator between the two. And, and God says, I want to use you to go and speak to Pharaoh and rescue my people. Moses foreshadows Jesus. While Moses was a redeemer for those Israelites, Jesus is our redeemer today. There were attempts on both of their lives at birth. Both served as prophet, priest, king, and shepherd. 
both suffered with God's people, both freed people from slavery. Moses helps rescue the people from physical slavery. Jesus helps rescue us from the slavery of sin. And just like Moses was the perfect go-between between Pharaoh of Egypt, what's often uh, used as a symbol for the world, and God's people, Jesus was the perfect mediator for you and I because of sin separating us from God. Jesus was fully God, came down to earth, put on humanity, he knew no sin, took the sins of the world upon that cross, died, and rose again so that we can have freedom over sin. There's these parallels between Moses and Jesus. You might feel lost and alone today, but God knows exactly who and where you are. He sees you, he hears you, and he has a plan for your life. Come on, worship team, if you guys are come on up. I feel like many struggle. In these moments, in these seasons in our life, we struggle in these wilderness seasons because we're more concerned with what we're doing or not doing or supposed to be doing. But God is more concerned about who you are than what you do. In fact, if you know who you are, you will know what to do. Before God gave Moses his purpose, he calls his name. Before God said, Moses, you're going to go and rescue my people, he called his name and said, Moses. Moses. I can only imagine what Moses had been thinking those 40 years in this season of life. He, he probably kept replaying that moment where he struck that Egyptian and killed him. He probably kept replaying, oh, man, I don't really know who I am. I've grown up some other way. Constantly having these feelings and these thoughts of who am I? In fact, he asked God that same question. In chapter uh, 3, verse 11, he says, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out? He asks God some more questions. He, he has doubts. He says, Lord, well, who do I tell the people you are if they ask? What if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen? God, I'm not eloquent with speech. I'm slow of tongue. And God speaks to him and says, Who gave man mouth? Who gave man sight? God says, Go and I will be with you. God reminded Moses that he was created by God for his purpose and that he was with him. So when you know who you are, you'll know what to do. Like, and God reminds Moses, this is who you are. This is what you were created to do. And I want to remind you today that you are a child of God. That you are a child of God, created by him, created us for his purpose. You are chosen. You are accepted. You are loved. You are not forgotten. You are not forsaken. Remember who you are. Remember who God has called you to be. You have value. You have worth. You have purpose. And maybe in the season of life you're in, maybe you've forgotten that, or maybe you don't know that today. Don't let what happens to you define who you are. Moses could have never shaken his past, but God showed him who he was. $20 bill. It's kind of sweaty right now. But even though it's sweaty, it's still what? It's still 20 bucks. Are you going to still spend this, Eddie? Buy a lot of McDonald's coffee with this, right?
Thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.